Yo, 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 we are back with another episode of the Talk Podcast. Yeah. And we back again, y'all. Yeah. And on this episode, we got Anvi. Hey. We got Lady D. Lady D. Me, Sleep. And then we got a very, very, very special guest. Back again. Yes. Back again. Yes. Back yes. again. If you watch that community barbecue that we did uh, with Inspiration Church, yeah. you would have seen him on there. So now we about to hit y'all with the real interview because we yes. were supposed to do an interview and looked up and got an interview. Bam. Yeah, that's what we talking about. You got to support your people. You got to go out, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and show your face. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I'm really doing y'all thing too. So congratulations. Oh, thank Keep you. It up. Thank, thank you. you. Thank Appreciate you. that. So we got Mr. Uh, Marcus Bettinger. Yes. yes. Clap it up for Mr. Marcus. Yes. He is running for the city commissioner. City commissioner. Yes. That's big. That is uh, amazing. It's, it's something. That we'll talk about what it is, but I don't know about big. Okay. I think, you know, I don't want to scare people into thinking this is a bigger position than it is. Like, it has a lot mm. of power, and it's really important. Um, but it's accessible. This is what we're not voting for the president, right? We're not voting mm-hmm. for our senator. You're voting for somebody that you can find in your community, or you should be able to anyway. Right. Um, so it's not big. It's it's close. This mm-hmm. one is mm-hmm. this is the more important election, and you have a lot of choices. So right. get out there. Yeah, but I still feel like it's a big thing because if it's, it's like if you want change, mm-hmm. you have right. to make the change. Yeah. You yeah. you definitely have to get out there and and vote. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, and so you gotta be a special kind of person. Right. You know, Absolutely. to take on to that take this yeah. responsibility, yeah. you know, not yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that. Right. I mean, I, well, part of it is, you know, I've cared for a long time. So when I, yeah. you know, I've never saw myself running for office. I wanted to be the person screaming and cussing in the background, <laughs> get yeah. this shit done, da, 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 yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> that's more who I am. But I was asked to do it and, you know, I just had to pray about it. And, you know, I, I had a particular skill set that, you know, falls right into politics. I register voters. I've hosted fundraisers, I've knocked doors and canvassed, you know, multiple states. So um, I had to say, you know, is this the time that, you know, it's actually yeah. me doing it for my community? So, it's you know, it's a little different, but, yeah. <laughs> well, you're doing a great job. I appreciate yeah. that. So, okay, so tell us about yourself, where you're from, you know, maybe what side of town you lived on growing yeah. up. Yeah, so I'm from at Trotwood, technically. I grew up in Townview. So um, I grew up on Swinger. It's the last street all the way up Gardendale. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, I lived out in, you know, it was called Greenfield Station at the time on, in Trotwood. But um, a normal upbringing. I, you know, hung with my friends on the street, went to the church down the street for vacation Bible school. Mm-hmm. Um, I still went to Westbrook the whole time, so I never went to the Townview Elementary. But, you know, very normal upbringing. I went to church right across Hoover on Maya Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so very much West Dayton for sure. Okay. Yeah. So what made you want to help? What made you like, hey, I got to do something? So, you know, when you grew up in the time that we grew up in, you know, you saw a lot of the problems that I see today. So, you know, the neighborhoods were on shaky ground back then, um, you know, and the houses were starting to fall apart back then. This is 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and I did move away and live in, lived in New York for a little bit and moved back during the pandemic. And when you come back, um, and I was gone for about four years. So in that four years, downtown had been super developed and it looked like bombs had been dropped in the rest of the city. Um, yes. you know, so you, and, and you yes. like, them potholes is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. the potholes, it's the abandoned homes, yeah. it's the, abandoned the empty yeah. factories, yes. you know, so it's yes. just like, yes. it scars yes. all over our community. And so I was just like, 
you know, already in a place where it's like, what can be done? And at the time, Commissioner Turner Slouse was running. And so I did some work with her, did some canvassing. Um, because I was like, we got to do something. And, you know, so we elected, re-elected Commissioner Fairchild, elected Commissioner Turner Slouse for the first time. And, you know, I thought, okay, good. We're on the right track. We, we, we're doing some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get in office. And then all you see from the moment they start is fighting. From mm-hmm. our city commission and everything is split three two, you know, unless it's, you know, the normal nuts and bolts and, you know, then they mm-hmm. all vote in lockstep. Um, but it was disappointing to have, you know, put my heart into, you know, have seeing her get elected and reelecting Commissioner Fairchild and then to see the our mayor and the other two commissioners who are in this race mm-hmm. um, just kind of shut down all of that energy that was really community driven. They did a lot mm-hmm. of work. They knocked a lot of doors. They had a lot of people come out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, almost record-breaking numbers, and to see their voices get shut down almost immediately on things like the budget, um, mm-hmm. police technology, like really critical issues, mm-hmm. um, it was disheartening. And it doesn't matter that you have the monopoly on power that the mayor and the, the two commissioners have, along with mm-hmm. the city manager. That's fine if you if you if you have the votes, you have the votes. That's what democracy right. is. Right. But democracy is also having a conversation. And listening to every listening to everybody's voices, and so that's what we don't mm-hmm. see. Um, but they think because they have this monopoly on power that they don't have to entertain the voices of our two other duly elected commissioners mm-hmm. and who they represent, which is this community. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so when you see over and over again them get shut down, it feels like I'm getting shut down because I right. voted for her. Yeah, I voted right. for Commissioner Fairchild. So you're talking to me. You're shutting me up. Um, you're screaming at me. Um, and I'm really concerned because I have two young boys, and I'm sitting here at a table full of women. Um, and seeing Commissioner Turner Sloss get silenced like that is sexism to me. That's what mm-hmm. I, I perceive it as. That's what it feels like to me. And I don't want my kids watching that. Right. You know, um, we watch commission meetings in my house to understand what's going on in this city. And I don't okay. want them seeing that. Um, that's a, that's a horrible example from our mayor. And, you know, he's a great guy. People know him and love him. He'll show up to your event. Um, but when, when it's time to the business of the city, and that's mm-hmm. the way you behave. I mean, we are beyond the pale of basic decency. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know they did. They, they, you know, I just watched an article on the news a um, couple of days ago. And that's all they were talking about on the news is of the fighting. Mm-hmm. And it was the three versus and the two. two. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Split. it's to the point where they have uh, paid $30,000 tax dollars to have a mediator come in from out of state to teach five people how to work together. Wow. Now I have, I have been a retail manager for a very long time. I have had to manage teenagers, people who didn't want to be at work, people mm-hmm. who have to leave early and we get it done. Right. I, I didn't have $30,000 at my disposal to teach me how to manage a team. So the yeah. idea that five people have run for office and been volunteered to be representatives and you can't get it right. Um, mm-hmm. Just because you want to claw onto power and, you know, be yeah. seen. Um, as having the control, I you know I just we're playing crazy games here. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. Wow. So, did you come from a political background? Did anybody else in your family do anything? No, um, you know I come from a hardworking family. My dad was a union guy growing up. My mom was our church secretary. Uh, my granny cleaned houses and stuff. You know, so I just come from a, a normal working family. Um, we voted. Um, well, I didn't vote as a child, but my family voted. But they were not. You know, they didn't go to like party meetings or anything like that. Just normal, mm-hmm. you know, normal engagement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, for so long, we just vote and we just trust that the people that we put in office, you know, are going to adhere to the promises and stuff that they make. 
while they're campaigning mm-hmm. will, you know, be, do good mm-hmm. on those promises mm-hmm. once you get in office. But I'm sure there's a lot of red tape yeah, or stuff that, like that, that stop people mm-hmm. from actually being able to accomplish those goals. Well, one of the biggest things in politics that becomes an obstacle is the money. Um, so you always have to look at who is paying for these politicians. So if you look at the donations I've received, I've, I raised almost $6,000 or a little over $6,000 up till now. Um, that's small donations. My average donation is like 28 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from, you know, having events at like Blind Bobs and MJs and mm-hmm. people giving online. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at the incumbents, they're getting money from the people downtown, the developers, the landfills and um and the, those the, the people, people doing they the serve. right, and the people doing mm-hmm. the demolition. It's like a vicious circle mm-hmm. of you know handshakes. You know, we tear down mm-hmm. the buildings, we send them to the landfill, and then we give somebody a contract to build something new. Those are the only people getting paid in Dayton, um, mm-hmm. to the point that our, our firefighters are leaving, our police officers are leaving. <laughs> you know, yeah, our, our normal yeah, city workers yeah. don't see any benefit. Um, but if you come and shake the right hand, you get a great city contract. Our schools are suffering. Yes. I mean, our schools have been suffering. And part of that, I, I won't put all of that on our school board or our city commission because a lot of people will say that our school funding system for the state is unconstitutional um, and that it doesn't really allocate money fairly. And we know that. Um, and they set it up that way with the property taxes because, you know, our houses are not worth anything. So they say. Um, and so then what are we collecting in property taxes to begin with? And then in Dayton specifically, you know, we're not enforcing our housing code. So we're not even collecting the property taxes that we should be in Dayton, even though um, it's lower than what would fund our schools. And so we're just, once again, a vicious cycle of under-resourcing our children. And then we look up and we say, well, what's wrong with the graduation rate? And why can't kids stay engaged? Well, they they don't have the money and they know it. Kids know when they're not getting what other districts are getting. Yes. And it is disheartening. And right. once again, you become illusion. It's no different from politics where you don't see the benefit for yourself or your family. You don't vote. And so mm-hmm. if you if when you understand that you're not getting the best education, your teachers um, don't have everything that they need at their disposal to run a classroom. You give yeah. up. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. no reason to stay in the fight. And, right. we, and we was talking about that yesterday. Um, I was at an event. Uh, for my best friend, she has the girls emerging into uh, maturity. Right. And that's one of the things that the kids was talking about. They can tell the difference, which becomes unmotivating for them. Because they was talking about, uh, they had a question. I can't remember exactly what it was, but they was talking about the Dayton Public School District and how it's like the kids aren't learning. Yeah. But a lot of them aren't because they don't have what the other schools have. Mm-hmm. And they and they recognize that. Mm-hmm. Or the Absolutely. parents aren't doing nothing at home because... They don't have resources neither. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, we don't, you know, a lot of houses in the day don't even have internet connection. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, you need I, that. I, that. You need that to get up out right. of school. You yeah, need I it. thought everybody was supposed to, something was supposed to come about that everybody that had school children would have free internet. Well, for the for the pandemic, yes. And I mean, I'm right. sure the program has continued. But what, what we're saying is, what if you're not at your home? You know, mm-hmm. that day to do homework and you're at your right. aunt's house who doesn't have Internet, yeah. you know, it's so, so it's like, right. yeah, it's right. you know, it, it, it might mm-hmm. set you up at home. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we need it all across the community. Right. You know, yeah. you, you need to be able to like on your walk home if you want to pull up your homework and, and check it out and see you could, you, right. should, you know, you should be able to do that. Right. And so, um, you know, we're, it's just the connectivity, the access is not there and the kids understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they do. do. They know what to do. So, okay, um, 
So what exactly? So you said when you came back, you seen that, and then something was just like, yo, I got to run for city commissioner. I feel like they're not doing their job. What was it that sparked you up? Like, yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, so like I said, when I came back, it, that really got me involved with Commissioner Turner Sloss and Commissioner Fairchild. But um, as early as <clears throat> excuse me, the beginning of this year, some people approached me. They had worked on other campaigns, um, like uh, Jared Grandy, um, Judge Angelina Jackson, and uh, Commissioner Turner Sloss. They had worked on those campaigns in different capacities, and they approached me and said, "You know, we this is our skill set. This is what we did for other people. Um, we see you're passionate about the issues." Um, you have toyed with playing, uh, running for office. Can you get serious about that? And how quickly can you get serious about that? And so um, people approach me. Otherwise, I would, you know, I'd still be kicking into Party City. Um, <laughs> but, um, so they came to me and asked me to do that. And I, you know, I took it to my family, of course, because I have two young kids and my mom already watches them when I'm working. And so this is kind of like 24-7. This becomes, yeah, you know, yeah. events in the evening and events yeah. in the morning and um, I can't drag my kids everywhere. So yeah. um, I had to talk to my parents, had to talk to my partner, who was a huge help. Um, and they were all like, are you kidding us? You know, you should have run for office 10 years ago. So right. they were extremely supportive. <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, I had to pray about it and ask, yeah, yes. you know, is this the moment? And I, I, of course, we most people believe everything happens for a reason. And nobody mm-hmm. has ever asked me to run for office. Right. They've, they've mm-hmm. been like, you should you go do this. And they tell you to. But nobody has ever approached you and says, this is what I can do for you to get you there. And so that felt different for me. Um, and they have been great. I, you know, I work with some people out of the public defender's office. Um, and they've been exceptional. And, you know, really setting this campaign up, making sure um, I can get my message out. And that's not, those are the resources that I lacked, right? And so mm-hmm. we have just come together and it's, it's all really worked. And to God be the glory. I know yes. that's right. Yes. I know that. <laughs> so <clears throat> let me ask you, um, could you explain a little bit what a city commissioner does? What kind of power do they actually hold in a political standpoint? Yeah, so they are certainly the voting power in this city. So it's it's a five person commission, mm-hmm. including the mayor, who is like the, the board or the chair of the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me take one step back. Our form of government is a city manager form of government. And so. Mm-hmm. The day-to-day of our city is run by Shelly Dickstein, the city manager. Um, So that's getting paychecks out, hiring, firing, um, suggesting contracts, and writing the budget, things like that is the city manager. The commission can approve or, you know, veto the budget. They do appoint the city manager and the chief of police. Um, And what... What I think we're lacking in terms of what the commission does is the representation piece, because we have some commissioners mm-hmm. who show up mm-hmm. um, for and for the issue specifically, not show up to be seen, right. um, you know, and, and make friends and, you know, make, you know, trick people into voting for you. Right. But the, the show up in the way that it's what do you need? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what resources do you lack for your organization? What resources do you lack for the people you work for or represent? And so. That kind of representation is what we miss, and we see it when they vote. Um, you know, they shut down two complete commissioners as if, you know, nobody voted for them. So right. um, if we're talking about what the city commission does and how it will be different if I'm on there, um, first of all, we will have to have a conversation. Because if you change that dynamic of the people who are there who don't talk to each other, yes. you're going to break up that vote, on uh, that break and lock on power. And so even if I happen to agree with the mayor and whichever commissioner stays, 
Um, we have to have a conversation first. They are not, they don't, they're not going to take my vote for granted on any of these issues. So they will have to come to me. They will have to come to commissioner Turner's laws. They will have to come to commissioner Fairchild and have an actual conversation about what decision we will make together. Mm -hmm. Um, so it'll, it'll be no more of this is what we've decided on our own and just informing the other two commissioners. And they're like, Oh, Hey, Oh, Hey, wait, (laughs) you know, I would have liked, I would have liked to give a million dollars to the youth. Can I say something? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so many of our commission meetings are just like, wait, wait a second. I would have liked to have said a thing or two. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're certainly talking about just bringing back normal conversation, collaboration on the commission. But then we're talking about, who is our city manager, right? Who is writing these budgets that give one half of 1% of, you know, an historic $138 million grant to black businesses. So president Biden sent that money to cities and said, use it for minorities, black Mm -hmm. people in a city like Dayton, it's black people Um, use it for a low income in a city like Dayton. It's black people, you know, use it Mm -hmm. for um, immigrants. Now that's not black people, but they live in our community. Right. Right. You know, so, Those were the specific parameters for this money. And then what did we do? We, we, you know, plugged, we plugged up the board budget shortfalls. We're remodeling city hall. You know, we're building a new fire and police station. And then black businesses get $7 million out of 138 million. That's dirty. When you're talking about economic empowerment in a community that was already ravaged. And then those, you know, those disparities were exacerbated during the pandemic. Greatly right. for black people from health to jobs, you know, to business owning all of it. Um, and then you, it's a slap in the face to say so you get seven million out of one hundred and thirty eight million dollars. I mean, I know single businesses that can use seven million dollars in capital right. in this community right. 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 and use it well. Right. You know, and so it's we're making horrible decisions, you know, for our future. Um, so, you know, when it comes to the voting power, we will have to talk to each other. When it comes to who our city manager is, let's have a conversation about who that person is and who they could be in the future. Somebody from this community who loves this community, wants to see this community thrive, all of it, mm-hmm. um, and who doesn't want to sell this community to the highest bidder and roll out the red mm-hmm. carpet for them in the process. So mm-hmm. we're talking about that. We're talking about our police chief, who is, once again, not from this community, um, who is finding no wrongdoing when you know, people like Mr. Owensby are pulled out of their car by their hair, you know, internal investigation, mm-hmm. clearing mm-hmm. these folks. Uh, it's time out. Mm-hmm. You know, we need a police chief that is responsive to this community. People. Mm-hmm. So when I spoke out about expanding police technology, people always assume that it's just anti-police. Well, if somebody breaks into my house, I want to be able to call the cops. Right. This, I'm not anti-police. I am right. anti-policing. And the way that it sh- it shows up in our communities, right, right. Um, and we understand that it looks different, it feels different, it behaves different, and the accountability is different in our community. Mm-hmm. And so, what I'm saying is, if you want to give the cops more money, you want to give them um, more reached, you know, to private cameras and this that, fine. Mm-hmm. But the conversation has to be transparent and it has to be based on honesty. So, tell us how you're going to use it, and tell us how people who are not criminals will be safe from it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you can do that. Please. Then my do your job. By all means, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I don't want to be a cop. So God bless you. Yes. Yeah. Right. Go do it. But you're going to be honest and you're going to be transparent. And there needs to be accountability when things do go wrong. Because we have seen over and over again that 
cops do wrong. Right. Yeah. Now we know there are criminals in the community, but sometimes the criminals are the cops. Mm. Yeah. And there needs to be accountability. Yes. There needs to so be we're talking about our police chief as well. So, you know, on every major thing that co- the commission can do, um, it will be different with Marcus yes. Bettinger as a commissioner. Please go vote. Oh, yes. okay. Please go vote. Now, are there yes. uh, commissioner meetings open to the public? Yeah, so... Th- they have them in the morning or in the evening on Wednesdays, and they are always open. You can always give a general comment or speak to whatever's on the agenda. Now, it has to be on the agenda. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are discussing or, or um, the city manager will raise issues or points that are not actually on the agenda. And so then, you know, you're like, well, what is that? <laughs> you know, um, so once again, the transparency has to be from our full city government, not just the cops. You know, our elected leaders have to be transparent as well and say, this is what we're going to discuss today. This is where it comes from. This is who's paying for it. You know, show us who's behind these contracts and how much did they give you for your campaign? You know, let's answer those questions. That would be nice to know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So could you explain to the voters why why it's so important to vote locally for the locals? Why it's so important to vote oh, well, in this election yeah, right now? I was now? just talking about this. I, the, well, it's important to vote right now because I'm on the ballot. But it's important to vote all the time because uh, elections are the only way we actually change policy. You can right. kick and scream and yell all you want to. We have seen protesters get shot. Arrested, they don't. We they don't listen to us when we protest. Mm-hmm. Now it's good for bringing awareness. It's good for getting people involved and finding who is energized around stuff. But changing policy means you elect somebody who supports your policy. Right. Period. That is the only way it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not enough protesting in the world that convinces people who do not agree with you to to do differently, especially when they're being paid. Right. To support certain things, right. um, so they make it makes it really easy to ignore you if they've already cashed the check. Yeah. Um, so you know, do we need to raise these le- issues to the level of an election and actually elect people who who do what they say they're going to do and who are who, who you can at least hold accountable? Um, like I am a visible person. I, I won't be. I'll still be at nine three seven karaoke on Wednesdays. Right. Once I'm sitting on the commission, <laughs> I'll still be at network and chill on Mondays when I can't. You know, once I'm on the commission, I will be accessible. I will be visible mm-hmm. because that's just my life. Yes, um, and we need that for I mean, because that's how you hold people accountable. Because then you can say, "Oh, hey, what was that vote about last Wednesday?" Mm-hmm. And I can say, "Oh, you know," and I can give you the rundown. And then you can agree or not agree, but at least you have found me and asked your questions and gotten yes. a response. Had a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But I think people more so think that voting for the president is the most important vote. This well, because, vote right here is what helps your community. This is what feeds your family, for sure. Right. And I think uh, there's so much money in politics that running for president costs a billion dollars. And so the commercials become nonstop. Yeah. They have their surrogates all over TV. And so it just feels much bigger than it is. Right. You know, they just just always in your face, spending money. Vote, vote, vote. Yep. This is me. This, this is me. Is blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, local politicians, for the most part, don't have that money at their disposal. They don't have right. millions and millions of dollars. So it doesn't feel as important. All you get is flyers in the mail. Right. right, um, right. You know, or maybe somebody knocks on your door. But is we have to understand what the commission does and what these issues right. are. This is our schooling. This is our housing. This is this is the abandoned housing that's all around the, the community burning down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm pretty sure yes. we talked about this last time, but 
just last week, the house that burnt down on Second and Orchard was so close that I could smell the smoke in my house. Wow. wow. I woke up like, I mean, you don't go searching for a house fire either. So I'm like, right. what do what I do? I'm on, I'm upstairs like, you know, do I grab the kids and try to get out of a window? Is, yeah. You know, is this downstairs? You don't know. Right. Um, right. And we should not be living in those conditions. Like, you know, yeah. it wasn't even close to me, like that close, you know, and I'm, I'm being woken up in the middle of the night terrified. Yeah. So then imagine if it is the abandoned house that's actually next door to me on mm-hmm. fire. You know, how many times right. have we seen the houses next door damaged? Yes. Yes. I have yes. two kids sleeping upstairs. And who yes. pays for that? Right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's, yeah, I mean, it's always these right. uh, mysterious fires yeah, that's been going, going on. on. I know y'all yeah. been paying attention to mm-hmm. all these fires. All now, what, these can fires. you speak on that? Like, what do you Well, in, about in some cases, we do know that unhoused people are living in them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's cold. Yeah, they need a place to stay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but in, in other cases, and, you know, I don't have any evidence to this, but we have seen it all. We have seen it historically and we have seen it in other places recently. People burning properties because the land is worth more than what's on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you don't want to renovate a rundown house, burn it down. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, right. And then you, it's still yours. Yep. You know, so, mm-hmm. I mean, you might get an insurance payout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. If yeah, nobody caught you on insurance. camera. Yeah. You know? right. You're trying to get that insurance payout. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay. Now, this is where you got to sit up straight and uh, put your tie on. This is, the que- this is the question right here. If elected, what are some things that you want to make happen for Dayton? Okay. Yeah, so, when I, you know, I talk about housing, um, I think part of the problem in this community, and before this year is that we'll have about 4,000 families that have been homeless at some point during the year. Um, and we, Dayton, that's too many families. You know, we're talking right. about children, seniors people with varying physical abilities yeah. without a place to, to live or call their own anyway. Cause you know, sometimes it's couch surfing or, you know, staying at your mom's house to you on your feet. So everybody is not without a roof over their head, but some people are without homes of their own. Okay. Um, but we look at downtown and they have built how many apartment buildings mm. and how many can you afford to live in? No, 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 not no. a one. So I'm talking about inclusionary zoning, which says if you want to come downtown and build a building of luxury apartments, fine. That's great. Thank you. We would love to have you. Mm-hmm. But let's have the bottom floor be permanently affordable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out of your five floors. Yeah. You can make one affordable house. And then mm-hmm. these people will work in your neighborhood. They will be the servers at your restaurants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They might clean your apartment building if they apply. You know, mm-hmm. these are these are going to be people who invest back into your community. Right now, now invest into us. So right. I'm talking about inclusion, inclusionary zoning. I'm talking about land banks and land trusts where people can buy land and own it and say, this will always be the price of this housing because regardless of property taxes, we own this. And so we can control the rates of rent. We don't have to go up with market value. Right. Yes. I, I was just, I was going to ask about that. So, <laughs> so, how people are coming in our neighborhoods and buying up these abandoned houses that don't live in Dayton, and then they're renting them out to people that li- normally live in the neighborhood cannot afford. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's crazy right now. It, well, it what, is, what it is well, is they they're buying up the property. They don't live here yet, and so. They make the rents unaffordable because they don't want anybody in them tearing up the properties further. Um, they, you know, they don't want to have to pay to maintain these things. But this is where it's going. 
once they buy up all of these properties with these property tax liens, they're going to be able to level them and own blocks at a time. Mm. And so, wow. you know, I don't want to get too like conspiracy theory on you, but what mm. what the what the corporations and wealthy people understand is that climate change is very real. And so they know that all of their luxury properties on the Florida coast and the East coast and the West coast are only habitable for about the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then where do you quarantine when we have our next pandemic? It's not yeah. going to be your, your villa in Florida. You're going to be in Kentucky, Indiana, right. Ohio, Michigan, yeah. in your yeah. recently acquired, you know, three acres in Westwood. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where we're headed. Yeah, yeah. that is. Yeah, you definitely. Uh, you know these, these neighborhoods. Look, the these blocks. neighborhoods look like this they now up the blocks. Yes. because right. they can they can still live in the the New York high rises for yeah. now. Right. Mm-hmm. But but once climate change actually starts to hit, they're going to come and they're going to develop these neighborhoods the way they see fit. Mm-hmm. Which means leveling them and putting us. We already in the hood. So where are we going? Mm. Hey, that's deep. You that know, I, like deep. I said, I don't want to get too conspiracy theory, but, but this stuff has about. a plan. Yeah. You know, yeah. if if they are rehousing the Minority Business Assistance Center with the Chamber of Commerce, which we know, where has the Chamber of Commerce been for black businesses for hundreds of years? Suddenly, right. you know, they're all on board with helping minority, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has diversity and inclusion in their mission statements now, or you don't get any business. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what does the history say? Right. You know, and we know the history of the Chamber of Commerce. We know the recent history. They give to Republicans mm-hmm. politically. Mm-hmm. They fund Republicans, bottom line. Um, and so when we see decisions like that, the first question you should ask is, well, what is that? Who is that for? If it's not for me, then who is it for? Right. And we know it's the wealthy and the well connected who are on their way. Yeah. Woo. So what are some other things that you will make happen besides the house? Right. So I, um, I want to do a lot of work with the school board. We have an elected school board, but I would like to support them, um, maybe get some more money in our property tax pool um, so they can have it at their disposal for our kids. Um, I don't know. Ask me about something specific. I I literally have a plan for everything. Let, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's hard to like pick something. I mean, healthcare. We need a hospital on the west side. Yes, because yes. yes. I am so yes. disappointed that they tore down a hospital mm-hmm. and gave us another emergency center. Mm-hmm. Does it, it? It don't. It don't handle hospital beds. Well, no, no. Well, it's, I don't even know if it's an emergency center. I, is it? I what think is it's it? Like an a, urgent care? It's like a wellness. It's like, like a YMCA like and a wellness center. center. Shut up. Yeah, we don't have any emergency response on. And on West or Northwest Dayton at all. We have urgent wow. cares where you can't go if you have in cardiac arrest. You can't go to urgent right. care. Right. Um, and and dialysis. It. And dialysis. They, keep, they yeah. put in the dialysis center at every, every corner, corner because it's a liquor the, store at every when corner. They, when they turned the Bob Evans and Trotwood to a dialysis center, I said, yeah. okay, it's over. It's right there. It's the only thing. Trotwood, all we got is storage places and dialysis. Mm-hmm. We ain't got no grocery store. <laughs> ain't no we ain't got nowhere to shop. And we get this, you know, and I, I get that the GFS is going to be offering more, you know, groceries, but that's just a store that's moving, you know, relocating yeah. and adding a few more options. <laughs> they keep it's so many storage rooms. I'm like, is they trying to tell us people ain't about to be able to afford housing? For real. So y'all that, that's a storage. That's our new apartment. Okay. Start moving into them. That's stores. our new apartment. <laughs> oh my gosh! No they don't have to. We don't, don't have, have nothing. Not in one, not one fine dining nothing. restaurant or anything. 
Nothing. It's they clothes, shopping, everything. For they have storage <laughs> rooms and dialysis. You can get around. And we got a liquor store. Wow. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and speaking of liquor stores, I think it's it's so funny that one of the people running for re-election has a very historic business right next to Gina's on Germantown. A liquor and, store. Ain't even got the, the the mind to keep that corner looking nice. Around your 113-year-old business. You can't pay business. me to go past the corner that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Let alone... I mean, well, I, see, I, I live too close, so I'll, I, I'll I bop into Gina's every live, now and then. I used to live on Lakeview. I lived on Lakeview for nine years. You know, I used to have to bop on the little... Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah no. I mean, you yeah. always be like, oh, I got to go to the corner store. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I got to go in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? You always dread, like, mm-hmm. even... Getting out of your car and going well, in. Well, it's 15 people yeah. outside and they all got to talk to you. <laughs> and they yes. all tell you something. They all want something to tell us something. Casey Poole. That's all we got is family dog. Come on, baby girl. Come here, let me help. Come on, holler at me. Come uh, on, come on, Casey Poole. I'm I like, know you need yeah. this. Like, no, I don't. I mean, but that, to my point, that's right next to our historic 113-year-old yes. black business. You know, yes. and, and the owner of that business sits on our city commission and allows that to go on right outside their business doors. Mm-hmm. You know. Hey. Yeah, we need to take pride. I, I accountability, pride like you said, accountability. And yeah, mm. some pride needs to come back to. The and we need, need a, and but, we need a grocery store. Yeah, we but the, the conversation about pride though needs to be a full conversation because you can't ask people <clears throat> number one to take ownership or, or pride in the neglect that was you know decades before (laughs) they ain't had nothing to do with that and now you want them to be prideful in these neighborhoods that our elected leaders have allowed to crumble Mm -hmm. you know it's a it's a really hard ass to make you know go clean up this neighborhood what what i have to do with the grass the glass that's been broken back here for 10 years you know yeah you know and it's it's really hard to put you got kids you running to work you got your your extracurriculars you got to get to the grocery store when do you got time to fix things that should never have happened Mm -hmm. that's what really gets me it seems like they target people that actually pay their taxes Mm -hmm. and pay their bills i remember when we lived down on brooklyn and we had an alley and you know what all kind of stuff in the alley we got a note on the door because they said the wood was peeling on our back door. And we had an abandoned house that had been abandoned for 20 years next door. That's crazy. Now, now what you going to do about them? What you going to do about all this stuff? All, we can't even drive up the alley. Mm-hmm. How did y'all even see my door? Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Like not I'm worried about the wrong thing. Okay. Right. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. They because they have not been visionary. Now we're desperate to get money anywhere get we can, and so we are taking advantage of the people that are paying property taxes, so who actually wow. own their home. I'm a renter, wow. you know. So they're taking advantage of people who actually own their homes, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they're getting desperate. But we need to be more visionary, and then you won't be scratching and clawing for pennies. You know, people mm-hmm. will be paying into the system because they want to live here. <laughs> and we will have property taxpayers. Yeah. 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 Dang, I was going to say, like, um, what about for the youth? Do you have any plans for the youth? Yeah, so I do want to put some money into advertising programs. I know a lot of, you know, community-based organizations have, you know, sports leagues or, you know, different kind of academic leagues. And people just don't know about it sometimes. And so I think we mm-hmm. should put money into maybe a, a flyer that goes out to everybody or do some commercials. Um, but we need to the, – the problem is – the youth are not connected to these programs, so that we need to yeah. we need to they tell parents where they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how to how to get signed up, what the membership yeah. fee, membership fees are, 
um, and actually get people into these programs. So I mm. want to see money for advertising. I want to see our aquatic centers open back yes, up. I live right by Roosevelt Rec. And, yes. you know, my kids can't go slide down the water slide. Mm-hmm. I think that I've been there for three years, you know, mm-hmm. and they have not been able to use it once. I, oh, think, I didn't know that they had closed that down. Mm-hmm. It's not open. It was closed during COVID, but it has not reopened. Right. Yeah, right. it has not reopened. Yeah, well, that's like at uh, Everybody Fitness, too. Theirs haven't been open yeah. for mm-hmm. years. Yeah, because yeah, I've been looking for a, a, a sauna. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I want to get in a sauna. Yeah. And nobody's. Not here in the so neighborhood. You got the yeah, what about why the YMCA? They got it at the YMCA. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the Y is back open too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the Y is expensive. It is. <laughs> it is about well, you know, God bless. Get that silver sneaker. Oh, <laughs> look, I, free. Look, <laughs> God willing, willing I'm gonna get my silver sneakers Same. one day. Right. And I'm gonna be up at the Y. Okay. <laughs> I still gotta pay my little thirty five for yeah, look, and, and they go get their money. <laughs> so, so what about getting funding for the uh, the minority businesses? Uh, do you have a plan for that? Since, so, you know, we only got that seven seven million. I just want to put that out there since we only got that seven million. Yeah. Um, so everything has not been spent yet. So we can definitely go back to the drawing board, I think, um, and and make some different decisions because you know, one hundred and thirty eight million dollars is a lot of money to spend, um, and they have not done it all yet. So let's have some different conversations. But um, we can be. I mean, even without the one hundred and thirty eight million dollars. Um, we need to be more supportive of black businesses because how do we empower our full community? Who's in, who's on the West side, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about, there's a lady in my church. She has a daycare. Um, and she asked for a, a particular grant from the city and they only gave her half of it. Now, first of all, daycare is a huge need in this community Very to begin much. with. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you're not giving a daycare provider, every red cent that they ask for is already questionable right. um, because we have a shortage of daycare providers in Dayton across the country, really. But, you know, th- we live here. Um, but they only gave her half of what she asked for. Now, if you're talking about job creation on the West side, you know, that's, that's money to hire right. more okay. providers. Yeah, absolutely. And you've just said no. Wow. That's crazy. You know, so there are small things we can do that, you know, builds up our full community. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, huge million dollar giveaways. Now it certainly can. And if we have that at our disposal, let's do it. Um, but we can make decisions like, yes, we can give you everything you ask for uh, because you're, you're providing a critical service for the community. You are, you are a disadvantaged business. You are a minority based business. Go for it. Yes. Yes. Um, So those kinds of decisions are, will be made, you know, when we have the, the votes in that direction. Yes. Okay. So um, what is something, Besides voting, what is something that the people can do to help you out to make these plans work? I mean, spread the word, stay engaged. I think really the first step um, of participating in in politics is understanding what's going on. And so if if something piques your interest, look it up, Mm -hmm. you know, research it and get to the bottom of it, because I guarantee you will find more and more information that says, hey, oh, you know, I need to be out there trying to change that. And that, it happens on issue after issue. You you start to dig into it and you find, of course, the, the systemic racism and the, and, you know, the intentional oppression of poor people and mm-hmm. um, immigrants. And that is upsetting. And you're just like, that's why we have this policy, just so mm-hmm. we can shut these people out. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, it builds activists. When you start to research the issues, it's really right. hard to ignore. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you, you kind of just become, you know, your, your little Malcolm X in your own heart. You're just like, now nah, we got to do something. And you find your issue and you find your, you know, your organization and you're engaged. And mm-hmm. I've seen it happen over and over again. People are just like, oh, I lost my house. And so I started looking into housing. And now they're a housing activist. You know what I'm saying? They're back on their feet and they're helping people get housed because they understand that it's policy failures. It's not, this is not people failures. Mm -hmm. Our public policy fails us over and over again. Mm-hmm. He just said a word. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this has been a great, it great really interview. Has, man, could, and very informational. Could you let people know where they can find you, like your website or yes. events you got coming up, or events you're going to be attending? So, okay, so here's the deal: people have to vote because the primary is Tuesday, and yes. if I don't make it through the primary, then none of this matters for the context of this election. I'll just be back at Party City. Selling you your cheap wigs. Okay. Um, <laughs> so let's let's make sure we get out there and vote let's on Tuesday. Go. I mean, take your ID to your polling location. It's, mm-hmm. it's no more across the street from Sinclair. That's over as of today. On Tuesday, everybody's voting at their polling location that's close to where you live. Um, and you can look that up at the Montgomery County Board of Elections website. But, you know, God willing, I make it through the primary and I'm taking a pause because I what I've done since the end of January is kind of like unheard of for Dayton politics. I collected um, 815 signatures in two weeks or a little over two weeks, which has not been done. Um, and you have to submit 500. And I did that. And so over over 700 were valid of my signatures. And so that was a, a lot of organizing, um, but it was in a really short time. And so it, it took a lot. Um, and then since then, I've had to, you know, Spread the word about my campaign. A lot of people don't know who I am, don't know where I come. Y'all ask, where'd you come from? Where'd you grow up? Mm-hmm. Um, because I've not been, you know, really out there super visible. But I, I care, and I know how to do politics. So um, I'm out there knocking doors, and I've knocked over 5,000. But that takes time, and that takes effort and energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I make it through on Tuesday, probably Wednesday through Saturday, I'm doing nothing at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's right. Yes. But then we have to build out a real campaign that, touches people where they are. So it's going to be you all, you know, connecting with your network and saying, hey, we support Marcus. We're going to be knocking doors until November. You know, sign up for a week or two. You know, pull out your your calendar book and actually get it done. Um, Because that's the only way I win. The You know, the incumbents will have a lot of money at their disposal. Um, they Y'all saw, well, y'all, this is Trotwood. So if you lived in Dayton, you've, you've gotten five pieces of mail from them. Mm-hmm. Um, they are going to have a lot of money to, to get their message out. And so I'm going to need people. Um, and when you make people connections, it, it's much easier to win campaigns right. than you sending somebody six pieces of mail. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I will need people who say they support me in this campaign, who support the vision for Dayton um, to actually be out there talking to your networks, um, helping us when we have events. Um, and that's what a real campaign looks like. I've done a lot of this kind of in a, you know, me and my team kind of space. And, you know, it's. Thank God we've gotten the work done that we set out to do at the beginning of this primary. Um, but there's no way I win the general election with what I've put together. It has to grow. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I have to have real hardcore support. People who are right. like, I'm knocking my neighborhood and then I'm knocking the next neighborhood mm-hmm. all the way up till November. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, make sure y'all get out there and vote. Yes, what day? What, day vote. what was the date you said? So okay. it's Tuesday, May 2nd. May 2nd. Yes, um, Tuesday. Now, if it's close, 
in numbers, we may have to wait for absentee ballots, which could take up to a week. So, but let's hope for a blowout. Yes, you know, let's, let's hope. hope for a blowout. Let's hope that yeah. Marcus Bettinger for Dayton is sitting right at the top. Of, Y'all remember of the that name? Let's Marcus go vote. Watch wow. this episode tonight. Yes. Tuesday. Tonight, Make sure Tuesday. y'all know where y'all supposed to vote at. Get out and vote, y'all. Yeah, Make and if you, if you have yeah. questions, I'm going to say this too. My website is marcus4dayton.com, and that's F-O-R-4. Um, contact me. My social media links are there. If you don't know where your polling place is, message me. I will help you out. Somebody from the team will help you out. Um, but we got to get out there. And it's not hard. Um, you know, we can, we'll figure it out, and we'll get you there. And it, if early voting took... Three minutes voting at your polling location on Tuesday is going to take a minute and a half. Uh, Literally, right. nobody is ever. I mean, this is disappointing, nobody's um, but ever. nobody's ever there. Right. Um, it it takes you know just like that seconds to vote. Um, right. So get in, get it done, um, and let's win this thing. Let's yeah, win this thing. Good. Where will you be Monday? Will you be anywhere? Because you know they got karaoke on Monday. Yeah, so I I, I I did tell Peanut I'll be at uh, Network and Chill. Network so and yeah, chill. I guess I have some things to do for the campaign, but I'll I'll be out. Oh, yes. where they gonna be at? Who? Network and chill. Where they gonna they gonna be at the karaoke too? Yeah, what's that's up? That's what they. they, they oh, that's where they. Oh, I did mm-hmm. not know it was every Monday. We just had the interview. He specifically he said, said every, every Monday. Monday. I thought they was just picking certain. <laughs> no. I'm there next Monday supporting, bro. My bad. My bad. I ain't know. We I ain't know it was every Monday. I thought it was another spot. No. Oh, I'm there, but I'm not singing. <laughs> I'm not singing. Yes, she is. We no. we'll, we'll both yeah, sing a song. Get her, get her okay, if we sing together, okay. if we sing together, I'd okay, we doing um Rick James and, and Tina Marie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> oh damn! 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 Oh off air, but you know, we always gotta get a few talking in because we really appreciate you for coming here today, man. We wish you yeah. the best of luck, man. We hope Eric, what you're saying, it sounds you know, this is what we need, so we appreciate that. Everybody, get out there and vote, man. Yeah. Get out there. This Eight is seconds. this is for your city, this is for your streets, this is for your school, this is for your businesses. Yes. Get out there. You, you talk about how we families. don't have nothing. Well, yeah. you got yeah. to be a part of it. You can't just. It, Complain to the people at your house like, I wish we had, and if we had, and if we get out there. Yeah, vote for me and then complain to me. Yeah, and then complain to him. He told you he gonna be at the karaoke. Yeah. He's he sit right there waiting with your problems. Like, look, now we done said, now we want the street. Please, just the potholes. That's all I care about. I'm not in school anymore. I'm trying to be healthy. So maybe I won't need a hospital soon, but I need them roads to be okay because I'll be having to go to my people house and the whole time the car just, just mm-hmm. on one side. I mean, if it, and if it yeah. ain't a pothole, it's a humongous speed bump. Oh now. my god! Yeah. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. Don't even and and like, look, wait, wait until it snows. So frustrating. Like, what are right, trying to go over there? Trying to trying to plow those streets oh with them things god. in there? Yeah. They they not thinking. So make sure y'all get out there and vote so we can talk about this, so we can make a change. Be a part of the change. Be a part of the change. Be a part of the change. So I wanna thank you again. Thanks for having me. And this has been another episode of Hood Talk Podcast. Yes. Yes.